Welcome to the Music 3.0 podcast from Plus Music. Today we're sitting down with co-founder of Vibrate, Vaja Verber. Located in Slovenia, Vibrate supplies intelligent music data analytics to record labels, artist managers, A&R reps, booking agents, and other music industry professionals. Vasha was a manager himself for 12 years, managing artists like techno legend DJ Umex, to name one. And now we're going to sit down with Vasha and discuss the metaverse, the future of music, and how Vibrate could interface with the industry as a success tool going forward. So sit back and let's hear more from Vasha here on the Music 3.0 podcast. Vasya, happy to have you here on the Music 3.0 podcast here with Nick and I. Um, we've done our homework on you here and have learned a lot about Vibrate. Uh, why don't you let our audience know a little bit about your company um, just to get us going here? Yeah, so we're a, a music data analytics company from Slovenia, Europe. Uh, we analyze pretty much the entire music ecosystem. So artists, songs, labels, venues, festivals, events. Um, but mostly we're focusing on, on artists because this is the most lively and interesting um, segment to analyze. So we have currently 700,000 unique profiles of, of artists um, in our database, all presented with dashboards, like like you get a Google Analytics dashboard for the website. We have the same thing for artists. Um, we monitor their cross-channel data from streaming sites to, to social media, um, services like Shazam, stores like Beatport. We monitor 25,000 radio stations. Um, so what you can do with a platform is you can you can look for trending up-and-coming artists. Um, if you're a promoter, you can look for artists to book uh, for your next event. If you're a label, you can do A&R. There are a lot of interesting features for A&R because we group artists um, according to their country, genre, subgenre. Um, we have performance filters. So you can say, okay, I'm looking for artists who are not signed to a major label, but at the same time are doing an amazing job on, on streaming services. And we'll put you in front, we'll put in front of you a list of trending artists in your subgenre. Um, and then you can go, you can check their stats. You can reach out to them through their official contacts and sign a deal. That's it. Awesome. Awesome. Very interesting. Okay, so got a bunch of questions. Let's dig yeah. in. Um, <laughs> Where do we start? So we'll get to like love to hear how you got here too, and and um, you know the story of building this company and what you were doing before. But just since we're on the topic of what you guys do now, um, let me ask you a couple of questions. One is this: so how do you how are you guys aggregating the data? And there might be some secret sauce. You don't need to give us your whole story, but it's like, are you taking sort of publicly um, available stats and throwing it through the system? Or are you guys doing direct outreach to artists and having them put in their um, social handles and Spotify links and all that stuff to, to aggregate all that data? It's, it's a mix of everything, but more the second scenario. So uh, it's a crowdsourced uh, database. So artists add themselves, they add their own links, uh, or for superstars, usually fans add them. So anyone could add, it's like Wikipedia. Oh, anyone cool. can add content. Mm -hmm. uh, it is heavily curated. <laughs> we do have 150 curators uh, across the world, constantly going through everything that we get on a platform because it has to be super clean. 
So um, our unique salad proposition is that you won't find an artist on Vibrate who's going to be represented with more than one profile, which is not the case even with streaming services because they have multiple profiles with different namings for the same artist. Um, so we, we are really, really strict with cleaning the data, with keeping everything tight and, and neatly organized. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the whole database was built with the help of 20,000 contributors. Wow. Excellent. That's, That's fantastic. Fantastic. cool. How long did it take to get... So how long have you been building this thing? So about eight years now. We started wow. with a thousand DJs that we entered into into a database because our background is in electronic music. Yeah, and you, we, you we managed somebody, right? You managed. Yeah, I was I was a manager for twelve years, so I was mm-hmm. managing one of the biggest techno DJs in the world. Um, he was the reason. His name is Umek. Um, he's a techno legend. So he was the reason why we started this. Um, because we, we were looking for tools that will help us grow his career. We were shoveling money into advertising. We were doing long, like three-month tours over the U.S., had a residency in Ibiza, doing underground clubs in Berlin, all the good stuff. Yeah. We couldn't figure out how this influenced his, his career. Obviously, right. those are good things to do, but if you don't have data to back this up, it's just an assumption. Um, and yeah, so we, we started a small website that was just tracking DJs across different channels, just tracking their audience, how many mm-hmm. followers they got. And back when we started, MySpace was still, still a thing. So it was, it was quite yeah. a long time ago. Um, yeah, yeah, like I said, we added a thousand DJs. We opened it up. We said, okay, now anyone could add new artists. Um, and we said, yeah, well, we'll be happy if we're going to get like three per day. We yep. had like 150 per day. <laughs> so wow. we quickly ended up with 35,000 user-generated profiles of, of artists. And um, yeah, this is how it started. Then we we raised our seed round. I had to move to Silicon Valley for a, a painful four months of raising money. Um, and yeah, now here we are, 35 people full-time, 150 curators uh-huh. across the world. Full-blown company, and I'm not a manager anymore. Uh, sometimes I mean, <laughs> I mean the old job because it was really exciting. This is exciting, but in, in, in a completely different way. Different way. I think yeah. it's really cool that a. I think this is a great tool, obviously for music professionals and people looking for signal on emerging artists. But what a great tool for just independent artists. I mean, I come from a time where you just didn't know where to go do a tour. Or if it was worth yeah. it to even do a tour. Now you can take some signals, see where your music's being heard or received the most and kind of jot according to plan. Yeah, yeah, or so- the other way around. So if you're a promoter, you can you can if if you have a short list of artists, you can just check who's popular in your area and then just book them. So if someone has twenty thousand monthly listeners across streaming services in your in your area, those are people who are likely to buy a ticket to see that act live. Absolutely. Uh, and and how how do you guys these are like like kind of digging into the business, but just if if the if an artist is listening and um they wanted to check it out, like is it does it cost money? Can you do it for free? Is there like different ways to use it with you know sort of pay scale or how's the so yeah, you can definitely do it for free if you're an artist. So well of course you, you own your own data, so you can check your own data for free. 
Uh, but if if you wanna if you wanna learn from from others, if you wanna compare yourself to others, then you have to have a premium account. It's just one account, and it costs the same as Spotify. So usually people have Spotify, mm-hmm. and it's it's ten bucks per month. But it's an it's an annual subscription, so it's a hundred and nineteen dollars per year, and it will give you access to everything that we have. Uh, but if you're a, if you're a corporation, if you're building something, we also do have an API. Uh, that you can plug into and just um, do whatever you want with with that data as long as it's legal. Cool, that's great. That's so, as we as you think about the future, right? So you let's let's make let's wrap this into what existed before they got you here, right? Which is the, the Instagrams. Let's just start with DSP. So. Any any digital service provider like Spotify to you know any of these people, do you have from a consumer place? You have YouTube. You have all these sort of like Web 2.0 companies that were building music and data was you know as we know the story of of Web 2.0 was basically data was the product right. You as an individual were a data point and you had unique pieces of data that people wanted to buy. And that was the, that's what built Facebook and all these companies. So we know this story. Now, when it comes to a musician, they haven't had, there's not been a, it's like they need their data. They need to know the story that their data is actually telling them. Right. And like you pointed out other, the other side of, of the, of the sort of like the consumer side of the artist's work and the business side need that too. But those Web 2.0 companies are becoming either less relevant, or in their or they're trying to make the shift into this next gen digital era, right? In the metaverse space and games and these sort of immersive, fully digital experiences. How are you guys thinking about that world? Because I'm assuming that, like, let's say a metaverse gets built and actually is a thing, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> Let's just say that exists. The the way that the music industry and the rights holders are going to want to participate there is is it's a whole new ballgame, right? So new frontier. How are you guys as a as a data company thinking about those places and and are you out like building the relationships and forging those paths? Uh, well, well, I'm I'm quite outspoken when it comes to the metaverse. <laughs> I mean. I was I was a second life user ten years ago. Yeah, <laughs> ten years ago, second life was it was not a great experience in terms yeah. of I mean in terms of user experience. The graphics wasn't weren't there. Um, it was it was pretty a deserted, a lonely lonely place at times. It was still ten times better than anything that we have right now, which is it blows my mind. Um, Isn't that crazy? Isn't that yeah, crazy? It is. yeah, yeah. It just I, I, right now it's just the one big hype. Uh, I tried a couple of those worlds and there was no one there. And I, I I'm I'm tech savvy and I couldn't figure out how to move my avatar for like 15 minutes. Yeah, um, there's like the sandboxes and those things. Yeah, I mean, ultimately there's the story that got told in Ready Player One or or Snow Crash, yeah. right? And that's where everybody is imagining. A, let's just realize those are dystopian futures. Both of those books. Right. Mm-hmm. They, there was a story where you didn't like life wasn't as good as it yeah. was inside of this digital. Exactly. So 
there's that. But let's just say there's a rosier version of it. I, I think that's what everybody expects these things to be. And it's just not there yet. Yeah. Or maybe people it, have unrealistic experience, uh, expectations. So people actually think that they're just going to put on a VR helmet and go to Coachella and just walk through the venue and just checking out people and then acts. It, it yep. doesn't work like that. <laughs> so the user experience it sucks. Uh, and also, I'm, I'm, I'm not very convinced that people are actually going to go and listen to a lot of music in the metaverse. Um, and there, there are technical barriers. And also, it's much easier to just listen it in your car when you're commuting. You don't have to have a 3D avatar in front of you. Um, I mean, going to concerts during a pandemic was impossible. So yeah, it had a moment during a pandemic. But still, I mean, I like to go to concerts. I like to hang out with people, breathe fresh air on, on, on um, concerts that happen outside, so have a beer. Air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, not so fresher if they're not open air. Uh, but it's it's a it's an experience that I don't think it, it has additional senses to it. It just it's not just visual uh, and an audio so, experience. It's just a social. It's also social experience uh, to be touch and, sure. and I'm with you. Waiting I'm in a line you. to get your beer and then just drinking that warm beer and waiting work work <laughs> looking work you can yeah. go to the Let toilet me. outside to the, that crowd and so yeah it's it's it brings something special let, to it so let yeah me, let, let me play devil's advocate here because i don't disagree with you first off i don't okay. that's, i guess that's my experience growing up too by the way like that was what my experience was that's how i got introduced to most of the the, the musicians and the and the and the sort of like experience of being a music fan, that was my experience also. And it's how I kind of think about this is like what native is to that. Right. Mm-hmm. But let's just, let's look at the kids that are building Roblox experiences right now for fun. They're in Minecraft for fun. They're these native sort of digital native type people right that are not going to have the same experiences because maybe they grew up in the pandemic times maybe their parents are like got PTSD yeah like you're probably not going to go out there and then hey look let's just let's think about let's not go into like whether this is a design thing or not but it's like what if another pandemic happens and it pushes us farther into um like these smaller spaces where where does the human race like go to interact like right now unfortunately we're not in the same room we're doing a podcast and that's our existence now like most of my work days through zoom communicating with people it's a great like proxy to what i used to have to do which is like drive 30 minutes to have a 30 minute meeting then drive back 30 minutes and so like productivity was Way less. I even asked my my dad the other day. I'm like, "What was it like to not have a f- cell phone?" And he was like, <laughs> "My my dad's a general contractor, right?" So like, I'm like, "God, it must have been so inefficient. You're sitting out there, the the roofer doesn't show up, and you like have to go to a payphone and f- and call the person, and hopefully that person's hopefully in their office. Home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they're somewhere. And then the pager came out, and like." Then you had to get you got paged and then you went to a phone and like 
So the world is just so much quicker right now. I know we're just kind of like talking about random stuff, but we'll tie it back to where you mentioned something around digital experiences and then the performance of the audio and the limitations there. What what did you mean by that? I mean, Spotify and Apple uh, are heavily fighting with, with features. So they have some, uh, I think that Apple has like uh, spatial audio spotify has lossless so it's it's basically the same thing it needs a lot of bandwidth uh you 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 cannot use it if you has have wireless headphones you have to have we have to have wired headphones so it's their bandwidth limitations if you want to listen to high quality music if if you you listen to music through uh, a very hardware hungry app a 3D environment is going to take a lot of bandwidth. I'm not sure that it's, that the quality is going to be right right there uh, for at least a couple of, of years. Um, and also, I mean, let's say the it way does, people though. consume music. But yeah, yeah, but the way people consume music, it's yeah, new generations. Of course, we're just a bunch of old farts just discussing here. <laughs> uh, kids, yeah. kids are uh, the, the the group that you described. I have a. Um, I have a phrase that describes them all. Those are the people who use an app to order a pizza because they're afraid to pick up the phone and call an actual person. So yeah, that generation might use it, uh, but I'm still I'm very skeptical. I mean, it's right now it just feels like a big bubble and a Is lot it? of people are talking about it and they don't know actually what they're talking about. And it all started when Zuckerberg did an announcement that they renamed Facebook to Meta. And I mean, they haven't, they actually failed at it. Hell, they've spent like $50 billion for nothing. And if Facebook cannot do it with unlimited resources, I think that there's still a very, very long way ahead of us. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you. But like, you know, it feels a little bit like, all right, we're in, we're in the second era of, you know, we're in the third era of, that would be the third era of music, like the digital experience era, right? And then there's a second era where we're sitting there, I remember, and, you know, you, where you download a BitTorrent client and you have to go get an invite to Oink's Pink Palace and then like <laughs> get to download yeah and then you download you're like shit that stuff file sucked or that nobody's supporting that particular uh torrent right and like it feels clunky like then but then but then like it, it it's probably even farther behind than that to be honest but like it feels a little bit in the clunkyville where where like that wasn't that wasn't for mass consumption but when when spotify got the player right figured out how to you know, use a couple, a couple different like big, big ideas to sort of pull it together. Where they're using, um, you know, whatever you can go watch the Spotify playlist, like TV show on Netflix, and learn mm. about that. <laughs> but, but yeah, it feels clunky, and it's definitely not user experience that would like get the masses. It's more was the alternative. So alternative to listening to the music in the metaverse, it's going to actual concerts or listening to really high quality music on Apple Music. Mm -hmm. uh, the alternative to torrents was just buy a bunch of CDs and spend your, your savings as a kid to just buy like 
five albums and just listening to them over and over again. Whereas on Torrents, you could get access to the world catalog of music. So the alternative was much worse with Torrents than it is with, with the Metaverse. The alternative with the Metaverse is actually quite better. It's, it's a better experience. And I mean, the way people consume music is where you go jogging, you work, you're in the car, you're listening. You're everywhere. You're paying attention. Yeah. yeah, you're paying attention to something else. You, mm-hmm. You're not paying attention to a 3D avatar with a bunch of clunky moves done in a loop. So no, uh, no, if, if you're watching people dancing in the metaverse, they look like wrong. they're having a stroke. Let's say that, the, you know, let's just say they figure that out. And it's a cool experience. They will eventually. Because they will. They will eventually. Yeah. And, and like, Right now, games are a great experience, mm-hmm. right? These multi massive multiplayer games, these the Fortnites, these all these Fortnite creative, you know, it's just like there's different angles at the the idea, and they're much more, they're much better experiences, and it's just gonna take adoption and it'll be a mm-hmm. certain demographic of people that will do it. But ultimately, there's from a data perspective, to sort of wrap this back to what you guys do. How are you thinking about that area? And is there is there anything new there that you guys are exploring? Or because it sounds brand new. I mean, ultimately, mm-hmm. if you're delivering a song to you know through an API or client or whatever, it should be able to be trackable. That that data should be able to be routed back to you guys somehow. Um, or or I mean, we're not tracking any is. any. We're not tracking any any providers of any kind of metaverse uh, environment um, because it's so the data space it's it's quite conservative. Uh, we always wait until the platform really settles down, and then we include it. It costs a lot of money and time to include no platform because you have to go, you have to check all the links. So we added TikTok a year and a half ago. Um, and we needed to go through all the profiles and actively search for official TikTok links when, with the help of our contributors, of course. So it, it went um, faster than we could imagine, but it, it was still quite a, a big chunk big of work left. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, for us to include a platform in our metrics, it needs to be a global platform that has that is used by the majority of the population that we analyze uh, because it, it then influence, influences the general ranking um, and if we added a platform that only a small percentage of, of the artists use they would get the advantage they, they would go up the ranking uh, just because they are on that platform and others are not um, so yeah I don't think that we're going to add a metaverse metric anytime soon yeah makes sense i mean what about what about discord same thing um i mean we have seven hundred thousand artist profiles right now i don't even know which data point to to look for there uh but at the same time it also every action on discord or in the metaverse or anywhere else that we're on track resonates in our stats but passively so if if you blow up on if you have a really big concert in a metaverse 
then definitely people are going to listen to your stuff on Spotify more. So it's going to show without us including that metric directly. Yeah, you can just like come up with a here, here's a debt, here's like an event and look at the mm-hmm. spike. And yeah, how, yeah. You know. So the, you, you almost have to, so for, for all data services, you have to, it, it's not a crystal ball. So it's not going to tell you everything. You have to look for correlations. You have to look for context. So the spikes that you mentioned, yeah. So if you see a spike on YouTube, you can just then go to YouTube and check which what was the content of that video mm-hmm. uh, to get some more context. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people are going to... So I, I got asked by, um, by one of the managers, so uh, can, I, can I find the next Billy Eilish on Vibrate? I said, no. <laughs> I mean, if we could find the next Billy Eilish on Vibrate, we would... Wouldn't she already be the next Billy Eilish? <laughs> yeah, right? like, the thing is, is, is that's yeah, it, it's interesting because there's there's so many talented people out there that are, could be the next Billy Eilish. It just mm. ul, ul, ultimately comes down to you know the same old factors: luck, uh, network. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we right. will point you to the right direction, definitely. So mm. we will narrow down the options but then of course yeah luck is definitely a big big factor here mm-hmm. um but it yeah what you're usually... looking for too i mean you kind of answered it a little yeah. bit but i'm thinking you've got all these personas now that vibrate can help the labels managers producers but who do you, who do you think it's like best for you think it's best for like indie artists checking out their growth labels looking for the next biggest star or the promoter looking for who to book? All of the above. <laughs> All of them equally. Like, I, uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, my favorite have use any... case, my favorite use case is definitely NR. Uh, yeah. Because I know how, how it was when we were, um, we're doing parties, um, techno parties in a club here in, in Ljubljana, Slovenia. And we were the shit in techno because we have a top three techno label in the world to, Umeg, the, the co-founder that was that I was managing, he's one of the techno legends. So we knew a lot about the whole scene. And we said, we're going to do one techno night every two weeks for another year. It's going to be easy. Uh, that There's so much people that we want to book. Mm-hmm. But after four nights, we ran out of ideas. You just it's it's you can see how small the world is after four right. nights when you have to book five acts every night. Uh, um and so yeah, AR feature is definitely one of my favorite ones because it allows you to first look within a certain subgenre. Mm-hmm. And then we have performance filters. So our own we have our own ranking system that takes into account all the metrics that we have. So audience and analytics from all the channels that we uh that we analyze. It just puts everything in the same basket. It uses a lot of statistical uh advanced methods. But you can say I'm not interested in top twenty thousand artists in the world because they're usually they're big artists or signed to a big label. So cut off that top for me. But then you can say I'm interested in looking at artists who have over two hundred thousand Spotify monthly listeners or over ten thousand likes on TikTok. And then you all of a sudden you narrow the database from seven hundred thousand artists which isn't a lot. cannot look mm-hmm. 
at such a big database, you narrow the results down to 100 artists. And those are the 100 artists who are doing really well at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then you can just call them and say, I have this label or I'm this promoter. I'm interested in you because you're doing a really good job. That's what um, I was going to ask you. Can you say, give me a list of artists in pop with over 200,000 monthly listeners that don't have a record deal? Yeah. That are on. So we don't have we don't have a reliable source that will tell us who has a record deal, a record deal and who doesn't. But um, the performance filters method that I mentioned is even better mm-hmm. um, because usually artists who rank below 50,000 on a global ranking list, usually they're not with Sony. Uh, so there's a small chance they have a deal. It's even more reliable than any other source. So tell me about how you got to, I know we we touched on it really briefly earlier on, which is you're, you're managing an artist and you started this company and you're sort of solving your own problem, which is like, you needed to know things, right? That mm-hmm. you couldn't, couldn't find. Tell us a little bit more of the story from the beginning. Did you guys set out to do what you are now or what was the idea different at the beginning? And then it evolved into what it is. A lot of so startups. Ideas, yeah. Ideas, idea was always to work in the analytics field. Then we tried to um, to use that analytics to create a booking, a global booking system like Airbnb for artists. Um, it just it just didn't work that well. Um, but I mean, the idea was um, came from from uh, my co-founder because he's a, he's a stat geek. He loves statistics. I hate statistics, and I own a statistics company. <laughs> but I'm I'm, I'm more. Uh, I'm more a, right? a, a guy that, that works with, with words and with different kind of expressions, not with numbers. I hate numbers. So we, we share an office and he has got like four monitors and they are all running Excel spreadsheets. Um, but, but yeah, it, so it was, it, it came from actually from him because he loves statistics so much. Um, and it was, it was a, just an opportunity there. And we saw that there's a need uh, on the market. Um, like finance has Bloomberg. It's a standard. Mm-hmm. And music didn't have anything, and we want to become that standard. What about yeah. Billboard? You don't find that to be the standard these days. <laughs> I mean, not not Billboard. The, the whole group. So they have Luminate. Luminate is a part of the Billboard family. So um, they are definitely a part of a standard, but they are only focusing on, on consumption metrics, which is just a small part of. I mean. It's a significant part. It's a very, it, it, it's not a small part. It's a big part of, of the success an artist has, but we focus on all our channels as well. Um, so you have to have everything. Yep. No, I hear you. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's the right approach though, because like an artist's career is so much more complex. If you think about, this is, you know, you, you know this, but for the folks that are listening, like it, it's not the same to be an artist like it was 25 years ago. Like you have to be a social media savant. You have to be mm-hmm. good at playing. If you if you decide you play live, some artists never do. But if you want to take your career to the next level, you usually have to be a performer too. So you have to be a performer. You have to be a social media star. You have to have... You get to be able to get yourself on the right playlist for the DSPs. You have to 
had to do a lot of hustle just mm-hmm. to be an artist these days. And and it's hard. And it, it, even on that level, it seems like, and I'm just trying to talk in your book here, which is, it seems like just having a place to know if what you're doing is working, you know, would be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> totally. You know, like what, what worked, what's not, and, and how do we really know? And is there places where we're doing better than we expected? And how do you know that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, are you, so are, are there any platforms that are like, kind of black boxes and you, it's hard to get information from oh yeah a lot of them what's what's the worst one uh i don't think i'm lost <laughs> oh, <right>. they're a client <laughs> oh they're a client uh, right. uh, yeah. name name uh like genre or maybe just first and last letters uh got it <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, it's a, the data, a data space, for, yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a hard, I mean, the, the main problem is that, um, it's, there's, there's a lack of stand, standardization in, in generally in the music industry. Mm-hmm. There's a big yes. mess with metadata, with accounting, with, oh, with God. correctly tagging stuff. Oh, I mean, yeah. Have you there, the twenty thousand unique yeah. titles uploaded to DSPs every day? You cannot track this efficiently. Uh, ISRCs are a pretty good standard, but if you want to identify artists, ISNI should be a standard, but it's not. We 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 ran it with the top one thousand artists from our database, which means Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran, Metallica, all the big names. Uh, the error margin was thirty percent on the top one thousand. So you can imagine what would it be on the long tail of artists. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's a crazy? huge, no. it's a huge mess, and they cannot curate it uh, just with with machines. So that's why we have 150 curators because you need to have humans sifting through all that mess. Yeah, even the performance rights world, which is so, it's such an important part of the growth of the industry. You know, mm-hmm. it's like that concept, sort of like finds its way into so many things right and it's such a hard it's literally i think they have a in europe it's called black box money it is money that's been collected and doesn't get distributed because they don't know where to send it you know yeah Yeah. and like and that that's so crazy that that like an industry is as, as important as music is you know, like you hear about like the, the, I think it was like the Greek um, performance a- rights agency. Like those guys went to jail. Like, I, I don't want to yes. say it was, yeah, they, they went was, to jail, right? Like yeah, it was like so an the embezzlement. Guy, the government closed down their, their, their PRO and now Orpheum has the license for Greece. So Orpheum Greece, yeah. is, as you know, Orpheum, the, the startup. Yeah. Start. So they, they're actually the collecting society for Greece right now. That's crazy. <laughs> that's cr- it is. Yeah. And that's that's the grift that's been in the, in the music industry. Like, I don't know if you ever got into like the background, but like you ever read the, the book Hitman. Mm-hmm. Did you ever read that book? Great book. No. Mm-hmm. It's about basically it's that. about early, early days of the record business. Where a lot of a lot of the financiers were basically mob, right? And so it was a it was a it was a way to shell and and kind of move things around and and 
and those and then you had the characters that were actually running it were pretty gnarly like there's some stories in there read the book it's it's pretty interesting but those are the those are the the beginnings of the industry so like if you think about the beginnings of the industry as like mafia ties right like it's it, not so it different right now <laughs> in, in so certain areas i want you to say it yeah <laughs> It's yeah. just that they, they don't yeah. work. They, they don't wear fedoras. Mm-hmm. Some, some even do. Some do. <laughs> but yeah, they, they just wear tight mm-hmm. suits. But yeah, I mean, um, especially advancing, it is. Um, I, I, we just had in in our area here in our region, we had a very um, public thing with with one of the biggest artists here um, in the region because she was financed by the mafia. Uh, they were laundering money through advances, so it is still a thing. Wow, that was a lot of the crypto thing, too. Yeah, like you know, money finds a way. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. You know, it finds money finds a way. Um, so, really interesting stuff you're working on. Love to catch up when you guys are taking on your first metaverse, because it'd be interesting <laughs> to see what you guys think about that. <laughs> But uh, very old, but yeah, <laughs> how can okay, um, we are doing something can... in the Web three uh, area? So that's it's going to come out in May. Uh, so oh, cool. That's yeah, more, uh, to let us our field. So we can, um, yep. Yeah, we'll have you back. Well, yeah, on I, think web, I think the Web three world for you guys like makes a lot of sense. It's all, it's yeah. like it is metadata, right? And the mm-hmm. chance to clean it up at the beginning is what sort of the promise of web three is you know like how about we start this right this time it's kind of like like on the finance side like they're always saying like okay look we took money and we may and then we had a digital version of the old version whereas like you know the concept obviously everybody knows is the the bitcoin was like is native to the this and so it works it just Mm-hmm. take the trust out and all that stuff so yeah. for that with the music industry too makes tons of sense mm-hmm. um well love to hear more about it when you guys are ready to announce mm-hmm. thanks for taking the time yeah Vasya, this is yeah. really good uh, it was nice where can, where can people find you vibrate.com and my myself personally on linkedin i'm the only one with this name in the whole world <laughs> <laughs> nice okay. We'll put it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Put it in the show notes to make sure we uh, we build your LinkedIn. Cool, thanks. Appreciate yeah, fa- it. Fascinating yeah. stuff here, boss. Yeah, really, really great to talk to you. Uh, love seeing yeah, companies pop up, and uh, God, what a useful tool this could have been for me for ten years ago to figure out what's working. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Throwing so much money at these kind of ads, that kind of radio, this kind of touring. Is any of it working? It would be so great to have a place to go check in and, uh, you know, see where we see where the best bang for my buck's going as an artist. So really cool stuff, man. And I look forward to having you back. Cool. Thank you. It was was, great great talking to you guys. Absolutely. Cool, man. We'll take care. We'll talk to you soon.